0: Has anybody been on an adventure recently, apart from running a marathon? Some adventures? If I say adventure, what are you thinking of? Some recent adventures. Um, if you're willing, um, just turn to somebody near you and describe a fairly recent adventure, maybe somewhere in the last 10 years. It's <laughs> an adventure in the last 10 years. I think we have uh, most of our adventures when we're away with Christian Martin for whatever reason, whether that's getting lost on a train or um, booking in hotels for wrong dates and things like that, that tends to be our, I, I'm blaming them entirely, although it's my fault. Um, following Jesus is something of an adventure and I just wouldn't mind spending a little bit of time this evening exploring what adventure might mean. Um, so when, I think sometimes when we say we're followers of Jesus, uh, we think of words like discipleship, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, Obedience, which is a good thing, but less exciting. But it is a good thing. Um, Worship, certainly. Other things like following Jesus includes these things, right? Yeah. And actually, part of it is an adventure as well. And I think if we're not careful, we sometimes miss the adventure part or the adventure side. Jesus says he's coming to give life in all its abundance. I have come that you will have life, life in all its fullness, life in its abundance, an eternal life. Um, and in fact, he's sort of redefining something about what abundance is. I might just get you chatting. I mean, what, what is an abundant life to you? Because I, I think of things like cruises. We've been looking at cruises this afternoon. Sunny holidays in places like Benidorm. Um, sunny holidays, that's abundance. Um, going out to Otto this weekend, that's abundance, slaughterhouse tomorrow, that's abundance, aha, we're just eating, just, I'm just describing a life, um, maybe it's having some decent stuff around your home, that could be abundance, the stuff, the stuff of things, um, what, what's abundance for you, just give yourselves a minute, have, have a little chat, it's a hot Sunday night, give yourself a little chat, what, what does, what's an abundant life mean for you, what would be an abundant life? Right, I can tell you what I can hear. Winning a million pounds over there. <laughs> a super yacht. No, of course, not that sort of stuff. Jesus is telling us what's truly, truly, truly valuable um, all through the Gospels. As, as you know, you very well now know. So um, this is the question I really would love you to chat about. and um, What is truly valuable, truly, truly valuable uh, in your life? What, what are the, some of the really valuable things? If you had to have a slightly more serious chat with somebody and they said to you, what do you really value in life, and what springs up for you? Uh, Maybe it's still a cruise. (laughs) Maybe it's still a million, what's truly valuable? Again, just tell each other what's really valuable to you. All right, you've gotten a good idea. It's the stuff, hopefully, it's the stuff of love and joy and maybe happiness, you might have said. Happiness is quite a valuable thing. Uh, it could be some other things as well, love, joy, peace, patience, and so on, all good stuff. And in fact, the adventurous life of following Jesus includes discovering the very different ideas about what abundance might be. So maybe it's less about cruises and more about happiness, or maybe the two can come together, who knows. Uh, it's, it's the way of God's kingdom. And in fact, it's quite, it is quite an adventure to explore it. Um, there's, um, you have to bear with the lyrics of this. There's a very good um, song back from the 1990s. I was listening to um, Bailiwick Beats, I think it's called, uh, on DAB the other day. It's just like a shocking station, um, but it's got some really good old like 1990 songs. Forgive me if you were born after 1996, because um, I'm going to quote from the Utah Saints. Now, you're going to have to listen very carefully. These are very complicated lyrics. Wait for it. Hold on. Um, one of my favorite songs from the 90s. Okay, you ready? It goes like this. Ooh, ooh, ay. you know that something good is going to happen. Ooh, ooh ay. You know that something good is going to happen. Ooh, ooh, ay. ooh, ooh. Ay. Ooh, ooh. Ay. You know that something you get the idea. That's the whole song. I mean, seriously, that is the whole song. Interspersed with the occasional Utah Saints, that is a song. Um, Ooh, you know something something's good's gonna happen. Uh, that's what the adventurous life is. The word adventure um, means something good is going to happen and that we kind of expect something good is gonna happen. Um, that there's there's something good is going to happen to requote the same thing 16 times, and that's what the adventurous life is. Is I just know that something good is going to happen. I'd love you to leave this evening, uh, quite excited to know that something good is going to happen because that's that's adventure. That is adventure. That's the adventurous life. Not something dull is going to happen. Um, that I'm going to be served up a plate of cold chips at the slaughterhouse. Something good is going to happen tomorrow at the slaughterhouse at 20 past one. It's in my head. It's now out of my mouth. But something good is going to happen. God is going to do something good. I know if I ask this question, you're going to say yes. So I mean, you might not. Do you believe God is going to do something good in your life? Yes. We don't know when, but yes, right? That's the adventurous life that he calls us to. Ooh, ooh, eh. You know that something good is going to happen. I'd love us to think about this in the context of waiting and waitering. There's this sense that we are waiting for something good to happen. 20 past one tomorrow, <sighs> probably burger, probably onion rings, quite possibly their slaw is great, something good is going to happen, but I'm waiting for it, I can't like eat it now, it's good, what, it's going to happen, something good, um, God asks us to wait, but he asks us to wait in a waiting way, uh, I, I, um, this will be a real surprise, so this is my revelation to you, I love eating out. I'm just, I'm just just my confession to you. Um, this comes short second after coffee, uh, eating out. Love to eat out, um, and so just quite enjoy uh, good service. Uh, if you eat out, I hope you enjoy good service too. Do, do you, you eat out? Right? Don't I'm not. I know I'm not the only one. I see you. You eat out. What's good service? Just yell out. What's a good service? Good waitering. Attentive. Good. Sorry. Attentive. Good. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Attentive. good. What else is good service? Cheerful, good service. Quick, timely, on time. Thank you. I ordered a burger. I do not need the vegan option. This is a meat eater, carnivore, no apologies, slaughterhouse, clues in the name. I'll get off the food in a minute. Honestly, I won't. Uh, and I, in fact, I just love this word waiter because, in fact, it seems to me that waiters is, is the most ridiculous word for them. They just don't, they don't wait. They're really busy, aren't they? What a what ridiculous? We call them waiter. I've never seen a waiter that doing this. At least not for long. <laughs> not a good one, Anyway. We're not waiting around, but in fact, we are waiting for something good to happen. There's, this, there's something about waiting well in God. I'm going to explore this with you for, in a few moments. Uh, but I'd really like you to connect this idea of waiter like in a restaurant. That's a good waiter, a good server, attentive, gets it right, uh, is cheerful, quite excited that you're there, um, keen that you've come to their restaurant as opposed to... <clears throat> uh, you, do you know what I mean? Like, you, you, if, if you've had bad experiences, you know what I mean. Um, they are attentive... Waiting on, in fact, you, and in fact, there's something adventurous about that. We're waiting for something good, but attentively. And so, two little word plays, and then we'll get into some other stuff. And sometimes we'll say we're waiting for the Lord, and waiting for the Lord, waiting for God. I think we do, don't we? Yes, we do. Waiting for the Lord. And sometimes we're saying we're waiting on the Lord. If you, you might use that. Phrase sometimes, waiting for him and waiting on him. Um, The adventurous life is both. It's waiting for him and it's waiting on him. Uh, We're waiting for him to do something good because he's going to do something good. Maybe tomorrow, maybe tonight, maybe next year, maybe in a 10 years time. He's going to do something good, waiting for him to come. We're waiting for him to return. We're waiting for him to come. We're waiting. And then we're waiting on him too. There's a sense of serving him in our waiting, that um, we are bringing our best to him like a waiter does, that we're attentive to him, that we're focused on him, that like so many thousands of people yesterday at the king's coronation were sort of waiting on the king, weren't they? They weren't sort of waiting around aimlessly, it's remarkable you had so many thousands of military personnel, like, marching in time. I mean, I struggled to walk in a straight line at the best of times. There's, like, thousands of people all, like, organised, amazing, sort of waiting on the king, in many ways. In fact, I think Jesus asked the same of us. We're waiting for him and waiting on him. I really hope that um, some of you, I know, in fact, I know some of you have, I hope many of you have had experiences where you've, you've just not been sure what's going to happen you kind of know it's going to be good. And then God does his thing. And in hindsight, you're like, that was so good. It's really, really good. I'll ask you maybe to, to share some questions or some, some of those examples in a minute. But he asks us to be focused and devoted, not just hanging around. And that's what partly creates the adventure. And do you know how many green cars there are on Guernsey? i used this example before. I have no idea how many green cars there are in Guernsey. Ooh, ah, I meant the colour green, but I might now have to change my analogy. How many purple cars are there in Guernsey? <laughs> I have no idea how many purple cars there are in Guernsey because I've never really chosen to look. But if I asked you now to look for the next couple of weeks, you'll see them everywhere. There's purple cars everywhere, but I've never seen a purple car in my life. Um, we see what we choose to see. Right? We, that's the poor analogy there. If we're looking for God to be at work and for something good to happen, do you know what? Funny enough... What does he say? Seek and you will find. He probably wasn't talking about purple cars. If you seek for the good, look for the good, listen for the good, uh, knock, knock on his door if you like, we find. <clears throat> and that's part of the adventure uh, of life. If I'm looking for God at work, the chances I'm going to see him at work. Maybe at work, at work. If I'm not looking, for him I might not see it just in the same way that if I'm not looking for purple cars I won't see any I do struggle to see basic things like cheese in the fridge but that's a whole other problem uh, as we're waiting the adventurous life is partly seeing him at work I think there's some adventure there we'll get onto that in a minute uh, he asks us part of following Jesus I think he gives us a few little ways that we can explore this. There's four I have in mind. The first is sometimes it gives us a quest. It's a bit of an old-fashioned word, but I quite like the word quest. And We went to see um, the, Super, uh, the Mario Brothers film. What's that called? Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers film. Yeah. Right, we went to see the Super Mario Brothers film uh, in Jerseyland last week after a spontaneous trip to Jersey. Um, which, apart from the most amazing song of the world called Peaches, <laughs> uh, was quite about a quest. And in fact, any, any kind of story often has a quest in it. There's an end game to try to achieve. Maybe a world to be saved, or maybe a princess to be rescued, or maybe a prince to be awakened, or something like that. So there's a quest. And do you know, God sometimes gives us quests a quest, something to go and achieve. Have any of you had a sort of God-given quest, perhaps? Don't answer now, because I'm going to ask you to chat. A particular thing, like there's something we've got to go and do together. Let's go. Uh, sometimes, second, he gives us a vocation, a vocational adventure. It might not feel like an adventure as you're getting up at 7 o'clock on a Monday morning, not tomorrow, get up at 7 if you want. Getting up at 7 on a Wednesday morning, and kind of crawling into work, thinking, Meh. I've got to go and spend some time with that Phil Air again. He's such an annoying person. It's like, just spare a thought for my colleagues. Or there's somebody annoying, or there's just I hate my job, or something like that. But in fact, he might well be asking us to be his salt and light in that vocation. Or we might think about church vocations. I think we do that too much as it happens Um, in this context. We think the only way God calls us is to this kind of platform. Uh, He calls us all over the place. He gives us vocations everywhere. It says, I want you to be pursuing abundant life, the real things that matter, in your context. So sometimes we're given a quest. Sometimes it's a vocation. Uh, sometimes it's an assignment. I nearly brought like one of those brown folders like um, you see in things like Mission Impossible. Here's, here's your assignments. Um, do, 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 yeah. Uh, you, uh, sometimes it gives us a particular scenario. Uh, your assignment is to go and speak to somebody who might be struggling Or to speak to somebody who might not be struggling, but I want you to speak to them. Or something like that, an assignment, a particular assignment. Uh, And then sometimes he says, you are my people and we live a different life. In other words, that's all of us. Uh, It's all adventurous, it's all different. Do you think there's a quest to come in your life this evening? Or an assignment? Or maybe a vocational call? Or something? Or something different? That's rhetorical at this point. But it might not be before the time you leave. Is he asking you to pick up that adventurous call? He probably is. If we're not quite sure what he's asking us, he gives us some really strong clues. Uh, he says in Matthew 25, for example, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me water to drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. When I, would, when I needed clothes, uh, you clothed me. When I was sick, uh, you came to comfort me. When I was in prison, you came to visit me. This is the adventurous life he calls us to following Jesus is feeding the hungry. I mean, and sometimes that's literal, right? That is food bank hungry. And it's not just the occasional little tin of tuna. I don't know, what do you put in the food bank? Um, tuna? <laughs> A little tin of tuna. I've, I have peaches in my head now, tinned peaches go in the food bank. Thank you very much. That, that might be the thing, but I think he's asking us to be more adventurous than that. How are we helping the hungry? Maybe around the slaughterhouse. Hmm, I'm not sure that's going to work so well. But how are we helping the hungry? How are we going out? Are we feeding? Are we looking for those who are hungry? And helping, it can be an adventure. If you're working with a food bank, you might well know that. If you're spending time out uh, with those who really do struggle in our community with food. If you've been anywhere recently, recently, like maybe Kabira, you might know that people are truly hungry. And there's something to do. Uh, that's adventurous to feed them. Because in doing so, we're feeding, serving, waiting on Jesus. Sounds adventurous, I hope. Rather than the same old stuff. Uh, same with thirsty and strangers. And uh, when was the last time you welcomed someone strange uh, to your life? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It means sort of foreigners and the aliens and perhaps the refugee, Um, so not complete weirdos who might rob you in your sleep, Um, although maybe the weirdos who might rob you in your sleep. Who knows? If you're bumping into people you don't really know and they need some help, it's quite adventurous to help them, isn't it? Those of you that have done that, you'll know. I'd love you to share some stories later. Um, People who have no clothes to be clothed, people who are sick to be comforted, that can be adventurous. Uh, And visiting in prison. Do these things sound like assignments to you? Or maybe a quest or a call or a vocation yet? Maybe. Because the adventurous life is this stuff, it's not pursuing other things. Jesus says, Follow me. It really is like follow me on an adventure. Um, If you think about what he did, uh, shall we go up that mountain to pray? Do you want to go up a mountain to pray with Jesus? What's the Guernsey Mountain? how far do we get, Plymouth up the hill, (laughs) Fort George, Uh, how would he ask it here, shall we go up Fort George, (laughs) I'm not sure that, maybe he would, I don't know, Um, just imagine him saying to you, shall we go up Fort George and pray, what are you going to say, yeah I suppose, Yeah, follow me, he says. doesn't he? So, um, you imagine uh, going up the mountain. I'm thinking of the, um, the transfiguration moment where he completely changed this is an amazing, mystical moment. Like on the top of this mountain, if you remember the story, don't worry if you don't, uh, where this amazing God thing happens. All sorts of things happen and God, God spoke in his big voice. This is my son whom I love and so on. Big, amazing moment. If Jesus said to you, let's go to Liu and there's going to be this amazing moment, what are you going to say? yeah he says follow me let's go and heal the sick what are you going to say yes follow me let's see this the blind given sight we're saying yes he's saying follow me do you want to see people turn to God and be baptized yes don't we yes he says follow me do we want to see people like he did um, give up all they had and follow him. I'm thinking of Zacchaeus and the rich chappy who, who was asked to give up everything. We don't know if he did. Hope he did, uh, and follow Jesus. Yes, we do. So he says to us, "Follow me." That's where I'm taking you. Do we want to? Do we want to be criticised? Hey, wait, not so much. But he says, "Follow me," because I am. Do we want to be plotted against by the religious people? Yeah, can't wait, Jesus. Follow me. Do we want to be crucified and raised again? Yes, follow me. He's asking us to follow him all the time. It's quite an adventurous life. You're looking super excited about it. He says, follow me into this life. We're casting out demons. We're healing the sick. We're seeing people turn to God. We're opening the eyes of the blind. We're going to get criticized. We're going to get plotted against. We might lose some stuff. But follow me, that's exciting. I think that some of the stuff I do or have done um, that I thought was exciting, it's not that exciting compared to being with Jesus, feeding 5,000 people as I imagine it. That'd be quite an exciting day out. Wouldn't fancy that. Would fancy that. I've seen a few zoos, brilliant. Zoo, Jesus feeding 5,000. I'm going to to 5,000, please. He sort of says this stuff to us, doesn't he? Follow me. The adventurous life. Do we want to follow Jesus wherever he goes? It's not. I'm not being funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the adventurous life. Does it sound sort of exciting, I hope? I know you're worried because you're, wait, you're waiting for the turn. There isn't one. <laughs> it's exciting and nerve-wracking and difficult all at once. And we hear these things and we see these things And we hear some straightforward things that we think are straightforward, but are no less amazing. For example, when somebody very shy takes the public speaking spot and speaks confidently, that's God at work, that's exciting. I think that's exciting. And when difficult relationships are healed, it's exciting. When things that are going wrong in normal life, you know that God's then at work, it's exciting. I've been praying for my house to be sold, and now we have an offer, I find that exciting. It's exciting. I don't know why he does it at the last minute, but he does it at the last minute. It's exciting. It's adventurous. It's all good. So we will follow him, won't we, wherever he goes? All right, I'm going I'm to try this. So forgive me for dabbling around. Let's stand up, and we're going to ask you to say this. I will follow you wherever you go. Let's stand for a moment. is not the end, by the way. Don't get excited. This is midway. Okay, we're going to say together, um, I will follow you wherever you will go. Okay, you ready? I will follow you wherever you will go. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 57, as they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. You can sit down now. We've just done the same. And Jesus' reply is this. uh, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head Uh, And then he said to another person, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another person said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Seems reasonable. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. We want to follow him, yet we get ourselves distracted. So I'd like to think about um, three possible distractions and then the way that I think God calls us to follow. And then we'll pray. Does that sound good? Yes, it does, because I know you trust me. Thank you. Um, well done. All right, why do, we, why do we stand and say, I will follow you wherever you go and then don't or get ourselves in a little bit of a mess? Um, I think there are more than three, but we'll try three. Um, first idea is this. Um, my dad... Isn't the, just isn't the problem. Um, but lived in, uh, in, lived in Australia for three years. My mum and dad went out there uh, when my dad was 19. They were 10-pound ticket poms, whatever you call those, and spent six months getting there on a ship. Um, three years, which, which is the minimum time frame, that had to be there, getting sunburned, and six months coming home. Great trip. Um, but from that, my dad had one of those, like, hats with corks around them. You seen those? I was looking up what they are. They're called cork hats. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, and, and those are to do what? They're to like stop the flies. These are flies. Stop the flies coming in your face, apparently. Um, but in fact, it's just ridiculous because you can't see where you're going. I don't know if you've ever worn one. Quite funny to have. Um, and, I, and I just thought that's sometimes a bit like us in our adventurous journey. We, we put all these little distractions like corks in our eyes. Like we're wearing a cork hat. Uh, And all this stuff gets in the way. So Jesus is doing something here. And what can we see? A cork. A cork. (laughs) Or the equivalent of a cork. Um, And things are happening here and we get this in our face. And things are happening here and we've got this in our face. We can't see. We get distracted. Um, I, I know what my distractions are. You will know, I hope, what some of your distractions are. Distractions can be good things, but distract us from God. Work can be distracting. It can be very good and it can be distracting. Um, Jesus talks about family and friends being essentially distractions. I'm not sort of diving in down there too hard tonight, but they can be distracting sometimes from what he's doing. There are plenty of distractions. Have you got an idea about what one or two of yours might be? I'm not going to ask you. We we all have one or two. And proverbially, I'd love you this evening to think about cutting the cork cord so that you can see what Jesus is doing. Uh, We... We're good people in this room, aren't we? Yes, we're good people. Um, So our intentions are good. But there's what's that proverb about good intentions? And the road. The polite one is the road to nowhere. The slightly less polite one is the road to hell. The road to nowhere is paved with good intentions. It's not really the intention that helps us. It's the action. I intend to follow you, Jesus. Great start. But I haven't shame it's a shame something got in the way he's very gracious he loves us regardless but the adventurous life that he calls us to which is exciting and exhilarating and painful and everything else um, sometimes requires us to take uh, the intention into action and that often means removing a distraction or two we'll be praying for that later you can start praying in your heart now if you want to let's we've got to cut the distractions uh, the second is that sometimes we feed our souls with crap, um, forgive the word, but junk. So like um, we've, well, has anybody still got Easter eggs left in their house? You are better you are better people than I am. <laughs> or you had tons of Easter eggs. Uh, the other day, uh, we, we are trying to eat less poorly. Um, partly, Rachel and I are trying to set a brilliant role model for hope. Um, particularly around our foods. Yeah, well, yeah, we're doing really well. As in, the other day I just found myself eating half an Easter egg without really even thinking about it. Nom, 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 nom. Um, this snack cupboard is a real problem for me. It's just nom, nom, nom. Snack, snack, snack. Eat, eat, eat. Junk, junk, junk. Um, if I only ate junk, I'd have a health problem, wouldn't I? Well, I would have a health problem. Dr. Ellie tells me I'd have a health problem if I only ate junk or if, I, if we ate toxic foods or just stuff that isn't good for us and we know that physically that's not good. I'm not, I'm not the fittest person. I'm not on a health drive, freaky drive here. Just a bit of healthy stuff would be good. Now, spiritually, we can feed ourselves if we're not careful with the equivalent of half an Easter egg all the time or something that's got more pesticides on it than is healthy. Um, and What I'm particularly thinking of here is the religious stuff that we feed ourselves with. I'm not thinking about a bit of relaxing telly or a bit of relaxing stuff. I'm thinking about the junk that we feed ourselves with that we think is good but isn't. Um, So for example, some um, some of the sort of sky channels or the faith channels aren't very good. There's a bit of a clue if the speaker is asking for money for his next private jet, although it's never for his next private jet, it's for prayers. That's a bit of a hint that there's a problem, yet sometimes we can quite enjoy those little talks. They're not good ones. Or maybe we enjoy a little bit of sort of superstition. If I put a Bible on my um, bedroom shelf, somebody said to me a few years ago, um, then all the demons will flee. Well, that's sort of superstition. It's not the physical Bible that is the thing. It's God's word, and it's him speaking through his word. There's the thing, so let's watch out for that. What are we feeding our souls on? I, I got waxed too lyrical here, um, if I'm not too careful, but some of it's rubbish, and we've got to shred it. Um, otherwise, we're going to miss the adventure, we're going to get distracted and pulled off the path. Um, the island is brimming with Freemasonry, for example. It's not good, it is rubbish. I can't find a better word than it. A lot of old religion, Chrissy alluded it, to it this morning, is actually rubbish, maybe well intended, but not good. I'm sure we've told you before about the budgie swing. we told you about the budgie swing? It's a bit of ancient, like, Victorian-esque um, old religion, but um, some of our friends, one of our friends, uh, they were brought up with the idea that the budgie wasn't allowed to swing on a Sunday because it couldn't have any fun on a Sunday. You can't have fun on a Sunday. Oh, where's that in the Bible? I don't know, like, <laughs> budgie swings. So, like, if we're not careful. We, we fill ourselves, we feed ourselves with junk and then we're gonna miss the adventure. We're gonna get distracted. In fact, we're gonna lose what Jesus really has for us. Um, Part of our prayer response this evening is gonna be asking him to help us discern what is junk and what is good, what is not healthy and what is healthy. And if you're not sure, the Bible is a very good start for some healthy eating. Uh, The third idea then as well is that we really quite like to be certain about what's coming uh, what is the weather tomorrow? Do you know? Rain. 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 Said with passion. Rain. Rain? Is it? I don't know. I haven't looked. Is it raining tomorrow? Rain. Yeah. Weather on Tuesday? Rain. rain? Is it raining on Tuesday? You've been told it's going to be nice. Okay. Is it raining? I don't, do you know? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what's the weather going to be like on Friday? Do you know? Mostly sunny, thank you. What's the weather going to be like on the 3rd of August? Oh, happy birthday, it's going to be awesome. What's the weather going to be like on the 29th of November? It's a clumsy illustration. We we can see... In other words, we can predict two or three days ahead maybe, we might think forward a week or two, we don't know what's happening around, honestly, we don't know as much as we want to know. Um, As much as I'd love to know what's gonna happen in my life in six months time, I have not a Scooby-Doo idea, not a clue. Uh, I I have hopes and dreams and aspirations, I have some expectations, I don't really know, stuff happens. Um, Yet we have this sort of inner built desire, maybe reasonably, uh, to be certain about what's coming. And I think sometimes that can be helpful-ish, but sometimes it can really rob us of adventure. I think of um, Adrian Lewis, who's, who's left literally today, isn't he, for his maybe two-week, maybe forever trip. That's how I'm seeing it. It could be a long trip. Um, and Honestly, if, he, if he'd gone with this idea of what happens if the snake bites me in the middle of my walk or if a bear jumps out and growls at me or I don't know, maybe... Bites my face off, or whatever, uh, or I get stung by this, or this happens, or this happens, or this happens. uh, He he wouldn't go. Surely he wouldn't go. Uh, And sometimes I think these things are partially reasonable to think about, but easily become bad reasons not to go where God is going. Jesus says, "Follow me up the mountain." We're like, "Well, I'm not sure my shoes are the right shoes to go up the mountain with you, Jesus." Hold on a moment. I'll go barefoot up a mountain. Do you know what I mean? If, if it's Jesus, I'm going up. Uh, but our desire for certainty, as misplaced as it is, can cause us not to go. We shouldn't be bravado, like I'm. I can just do it. We should think sometimes. Equally, he also asks us to trust him. Follow me. Trust me. That's adventurous. I quite like it. I'm quite relieved by it because I can't control one thing. Really? <laughs> not really can't control very much. Struggle to control myself. How do I think I can control anything? I've got to trust him. That's the adventurous life. I know that something good is going to happen. Ooh, 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 yay. So I want to trust you, Jesus, that this adventure is going to take us somewhere good. What's going to happen? I don't know. It's really difficult for us. We prefer to be set. Uh, somebody a couple of weeks ago asked me "Well, how I'm going to... In fact, A, what am I going to do, and B, how am I going to afford my retirement? I'm like, eh? <laughs> not Nothing funny. I'm not, I know I'm 49, but <laughs> got some time on my hands. I have no idea if I'm going to make it to retirement. Who knows? We'll see. If, if we're trying to plan too, too, too far ahead, we're going to miss some good stuff. That's my point there. We get distracted, cork hats. We eat rubbish if we're not careful, uh, and we really want to predict stuff. It robs us. Of this intention that says, "I will follow you wherever you will go," just like the person that Jesus encountered. In fact, three people. "I will follow you." They all said it. I'm not surprised. I'll be there. Come on! And then straight away, <sighs> some distractions. Maybe hearing some bad stuff. Maybe needing some certainty. But we still want to go where He goes, right? We still want to go. Um, I had a. Um, so, sometimes God gives us visions. Do, are you vision people sometimes, or dream people? I hope you are, because we're going to get there in a minute. Um, Occasionally, and very graciously, um, I've had a Jesus dream. I also get cheeses dreams. They're very different. (laughs) Very different dreams. Um, There's a discernment around what's a Jesus dream and what's a cheese-given dream. You know what I mean by a cheese-given dream? It's it's just a stupid dream. had one the the other day I won't tell you about. Um, But I've also had Jesus dreams. Um, And one of them was about this church in particular some years ago. Um, whilst around, whilst travelling a little bit into the UK, um, and I just sort of dreamt that I was in Gatwick Airport. You know what, Gatwick, most of you know what Gatwick Airport looks like. It's a delight. I was in Gatwick Airport looking at the departures board, um, and this, there was a, sort of this idea that this church was sending out 5,000 people, very specific number, to literally all over the world. It's just a bit of a dream of it, but it kind of it sat with me for a little while. I'd love this to be a sending out church. Some, like We're sending people out from little old, sleepy-ish, lovely Guernsey out on adventures um, in the name of Christ. That We're doing his thing from here. Um, how many people in the room? Not quite 5,000. A few of us. We've got a job to do, I think. Let's go. Let's send. Let's equip uh, on the adventure. I will follow you wherever you will go won't get distracted. What's going to make this happen? I think it's quite simple. It's called, in fact, he's called Jesus. It's the power of the Spirit that helps us overcome all of these things. Do we want a quest? Yes. Do we want an assignment? Yes. Do we want to be called? Yes, yes, yes. We will follow you wherever you will go. Ah, I need the Holy Spirit to do this in us. I will pour out my Spirit, says the Lord, all the way through his word. And in fact, ever since... Uh, he tells us he's pouring out his spirit. Without his spirit, we can't really do this very well. We can't really do it. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, he says. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will have dreams. Hmm, Never mind. Uh, Your men and I will pour out my spirit on men and women, servants and all people. Pour out my spirit, pour out my spirit, pour out my spirit. That's what he does. We're getting to a conclusion. Don't worry. We're going to ask God to fill us again, to touch us again, to move us again by his spirit, that we would embrace the adventurous life that he has for us. That's where we're going. Nearly there. Do you want to be filled with the spirit? Yes. You're going to say yes, of course. Do you want the adventurous life? Yes. Yes. Do we want to follow God, Jesus, wherever he goes? Yes, fill us, God. Here, here's how we're going to try to respond. There's three ways. The first is we're going to ask him to open our eyes, or our ears, or our hearts, if you prefer, so that we can see him, we can sense him. I love the story of Paul when he, was, he had that blinding light experience on the way to Damascus. And then um, Ananias prayed for him, and his like, scales fell off his eyes, and he could see. He went from a religious murderer to a spirit-filled adventurer like that because God opened his eyes through his power, his spirit. Open our eyes, Lord, that we would see. Do something supernatural in ways that we can't do that helps us, number one. Or a second way, it's a similar idea, but a second way is to pray for courage. Um, Some of us are less courageous than others, and that's okay, and throughout the Bible and throughout life experience and throughout the story of God. Um, He asks us to be strong and courageous. It's a kind of whole sermon in itself, but I kind of like this idea. He says, be strong and courageous. Because I think, if I was feeling a bit nervous about something, which does happen, and someone said to me, just be strong and courageous, I'd be like, thank you for that good advice. I'm trying to be strong and courageous, right? Come on, I'm trying so hard. Uh, and he says, be strong and courageous because he, in fact, he, he gives us the courage. He, he gives it to us. Um, so I don't think it, we should fight anxiety. I think we should ask him to help us be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Uh, and as I was thinking about this part, I, I was very much thinking of Aaron in the Old Testament who was looking at the promised land I'm feeling very anxious, really. Very nervous about going to possess it. And that can be the way. We can sort of see. It's within our sights. So close. Um, and that's where we can sometimes start to get nervous or worried. Or our hearts start to fail. To use the biblical language. And he says, be strong and courageous. We'll be praying for courage. We'll be praying that he gives us courage. Not that we manufacture it. That he gives us courage to act. Because we know that something good ...is going to happen. Ooh, 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 yay. And third, um, Jesus does ask us, because he did this... Um, ...sometimes the adventurous life is giving ourselves away. We've got to give ourselves away. Which might seem counterintuitive to, the, to adventure. But as we give and we serve... and we, ...as we allow our primary desires to become secondary... ...in the service of Jesus and others... In fact, that, that creates adventure. So if we're becoming too much about ourselves. We're in trouble. Open my eyes. Bring some courage. Let me give myself away. Because that's the following Jesus adventurous story. We're going to pause and pray. And I'll get the band back in just a sec. And um, There's a particular way I'd like us to pray. And then we can respond through worship, if that's okay. So um, I'm going to pray. Well, do, do, you want to, do you want to follow Jesus on the adventurous life? Yes. Good. Well, let's pray for that. And um, Do you recognise sometimes you don't see what he's doing? Because uh, I, I, I don't want to presume, yeah. Uh, do you sometimes struggle with courage? Because Okay, good, we'll pray for that. Um, do you think it will help sometimes to give yourself away a bit more? Okay, slightly less emphatic, so we'll spend less time praying for that then. All right, let's pause, let's pray, and then I'm going to ask for something else. Um, Jesus, we thank you so much that your idea of abundant life um, is truly an adventurous life truly adventurous, not just a euphemism, there's adventure. We love to see you do great things. We love to be part of it. You can take us up a mountain. You can take us into a valley. We'll follow you wherever you lead us, Lord. We can't wait to see the sick healed, people turning to you, the hungry fed, the thirsty drinking, uh, the strangers included, uh, those who need clothes, clothed. This, and the, those in prison, visited. We can't wait for that. We thank you that we're part of your mission. And this evening, Lord, we pray for, in three ways. The first, Jesus, we pray that you would open our eyes, our ears, and our heart to see you, to hear you, and to know you. Not just a kind of euphemistic moment, Lord, but we really want to see what you're doing in our island, in our lives, our island, and beyond. Fill us with your spirit again, Lord, that we would see you and hear you. Jesus, where we need to cut uh, like a cork hat thing that's in the way, a distraction, help us this, this this evening now Uh, to remove that distraction. Thank you that you love to remove distractions from us. We pray for your power and your spirit to remove the distractions that stop us from seeing you. We don't want to be blind to you. Second, Jesus, we pray for courage, the idea that our hearts would be strengthened. Lord, concerns and anxieties are real. We're fragile people. We love certainty, you know that, and yet we need to trust you, and that takes courage. Jesus, pour out, please, your courage this evening, where we're nervous and afraid, where we may be really worried about something that you're asking us to do. We pray you give us the strength and courage to act, because we know that something good is going to happen. And third, Jesus, help us to know how we're going to give ourselves away. Who is it you want us to serve? What's our assignment or our quest, perhaps vocation? Who do you have for us? Help us to give as you gave. Pour out your spirit, Lord, please. Stir us up, Lord, please fill us afresh.